Hey everyone, this is part six of our cybernetic series. It's really just so cool and interesting. If you want the full thing, go to patreon.com slash workstoppage and support us with five bucks a month as an entirely listener-supported show. We genuinely appreciate it. It's, it means so much to us. But otherwise, we do have this really cool clip for you. So I hope you enjoy that and solidarity. Where were we at? So, yes, he says all of this is well within the compass of current technology, getting this data live off the ground. So he says the Chilean team took that point with ease. They were moreover pleased with the idea that Chile could seize a world lead in the practice of economic regulation. It was wholly consistent with their belief that Chile could show the world the quote-unquote peaceful road to socialism, which would necessarily involve innovations of a major kind. Even so, they were lugubrious. The country's electronic technology was antiquated. There was no foreign exchange to buy a lot of computers, teleprocessing equipment, video units, and so on, even though their scientists well knew how to use them. How could we develop a system? Don't mind me just quickly Googling that lugubrious means looking or sounding sad and dismal. Yeah, like Eeyore. I always just think of Eeyore. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Beer loves to... slam a $10 word out on the table. I think it's just the <laughs> British in him. So um, they did. They couldn't afford and didn't have access to this equipment, despite the fact that their technicians and scientists didn't know how to use them. So he continues, how could we develop a system that would be 20 years ahead of its time using equipment that was already out of date? The answer to that was that the rich world had never understood the managerial cybernetics of electronic technology and had therefore absurdly misused it. From the time when computers were still experimental, I had been demonstrating this fact in a constant stream of writing, which the team had mostly read. I outlined a plan to do the job using the equipment they already had. They took the plunge. And what he's talking about when he says that the capitalist world, the rich world, had misused their equipment, he he discusses this in several of his talks and lectures, which is that when the firm brings in something like a computer that can automate decision-making, you know, we, we see like what happens when you automate uh, very rote work and what happens to the workers. Then you, we see what happens when you automate like the, like what you would call more skilled work, even though that's silly, like the factory assembly line. But what happens when the computer comes for the manager and the computer could be doing automating some of the things that the manager does. The manager says, wow, this computer is such a great adding machine. We will do so many taxes on this and they never (laughs) implement it to streamline information or coordinate amongst employees or any of the many other things that it could easily have done all the way back in the fucking seventies when it was the size of a room, um, because it's a threat to the manager's existential position at the company. And that's why even now in the present day, when it's like obvious that like we have like Slack and discord and that these things are facilitated by computers, we had to wait for it to become obvious and wait for capitalist firms to figure out how to extract money out of it for it to become viable. Whereas if you had just been doing it for the sake of making things run smoother, it would have been viable at the dawn of computing. Just saying. So, well, right. And that also, you know, ties into the big, like why why you see middle managers being some of the loudest opponents of remote work Mm -hmm. because it demonstrates how useless a lot of the work that they do is. They find themselves sitting around not working. And can you imagine having a job where sitting around not working is scary to you? Good Lord. (laughs) Good fucking Lord. What a demented situation. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> so he says, uh, yes, they were trying to construct the most advanced system using super outdated equipment. The team was excited. They took the plunge. He says, thus, it was that during these strenuous days, I prepared two papers dealing with the regulation of the social economy. I'd just like to make a note here. One of the papers is impenetrably dense and will be totally skipped for the purposes of our recording. But this other one helps transition us into an understanding of how beer intends to apply the viable systems model, a thing I know you have not seen yet. He does this in the book, too, so it's not just me. Uh, both both in general and to the Chilean economy specifically. So this paper was called Cybernetic Notes on the Effective Organization of the State with particular reference to industrial control. Eat your heart out, Lenin. That's how you name a paper. So he begins, recursively speaking, the Chilean nation is embedded in the world of nations and the government is embedded in the nation. This was understood. All these are supposedly viable systems. The government should be conceived as a viable system. System five being the president of the republic in which system one consists of the headquarters of each major function, health, education, finance, industry. So we're seeing how he's approaching this recursive set of systems. And there's this meeting point where you have the top of each system, which is your system five and the bottom, the production or, or the, um, you, you could say like uh, development or distributed activity layer, which is the system one. And he continues picking out industry in particular as a viable system embedded in this system five being the minister of economics. We find a set of industrial sectors contrib- constituting system one. These include such elements as food, textiles, automotive, and so on. Each sector continuing down the recursive ladder here, Uh, Each sector, System 5 being the Undersecretary for Economics with his appropriate committee, contains, as System 1, a set of enterprises or firms. Embedded in the enterprise is the plant, within that the department, within that the social unit of a working group, and within that the individual worker, viable systems all. The paper with the above heading concentrated on the organization of the enterprise, of the sectors of industry itself, and of the state insofar as its relationship with social economy was concerned. The paper was completed with a section on information flow in this embedded set of viable systems. It pressed the uniform use of the model at all levels of recursion as constituting a powerful variety reducer. The team accepted this paper almost without comment because it was effectively a summary of our vigorous discussions on what should indeed be the general framework of the approach. I like when things uh, make sense so much and everybody like is like, yeah, no, that makes sense. Continue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. I mean, his that last sentence, it pressed the uniform use of the model at all levels of recursion is constituting a powerful variety reducer, which it certainly is. Like, yes, for sure, using the same model at each level necessarily reduces variety. Um, and I think, you know, it makes sense because of the fact that he's focusing on business mm-hmm. um because of course under capitalism like industry is managed hierarchically so right. it makes sense uh, but it's interesting because like you know because he's talking about managing a socialist economy of course you know it's in chile they're going through the process of uh, you know attempting to go through a revolution in parliamentary means is a long process and uh, a questionably viable one um that there's a questionably viable system um but um so you have both private enterprises run in a normal capitalist fashion 
clearly hierarchical. There's a CEO, there's a CEO, and even above them, there's a board. But below the CEO, there's all the VPs, and then mm-hmm. below. Them. So yeah, absolutely, that sort of a a setup. That model works for that perfectly. But I'm interested if did he apply that to state run things as well because yes. you get into the question that's where like you get into the long debates that have certainly not been resolved at all you know on how vital the rapid change in relations of production not means of production mm-hmm. is to a socialist project and what i mean by that is that like we were talking about there are aspects of capitalist technique we absolutely do want to learn from and build off of to make socialist industry efficient and reduce the amount of labor that the individual worker has to perform and thus the amount of labor needed to be performed by all members of society and thus reducing the amount of labor that we all have to do. That's the general idea of the transition to socialism. Uh, But we don't want to we don't want to to you know transfer over for instance the whole tyranny of your boss that was of course one of the things that everybody every communist learns immediately as an anecdote about the soviet union the possibility of the workers firing their own boss mm-hmm. because again that's not something you see under capitalism but in addition to that there's also the question of how horizontal do you want to make things because where i'm getting at with this is you know he's got for instance, the firm, you have system five being either a political role, like the undersecretary, like the uh, it's a minister for that region or whatever, or maybe it's the, the, the manager of the plant. And then system one is the individual unskilled, quote unquote, workers doing the production. But in a, if you had a more horizontally organized socialist enterprise where the workers are making collective decisions, maybe not as one group, but as committees, and so maybe there are multiple levels and there is some hierarchy. But that's an area where I would wonder because you could just apply the model that he's using, that five system level thing, to a more horizontally organized enterprise. But I'm not sure that it's a, as accurate. Yeah, and no, so that's where I wonder about variety reduction also potentially squeezing out some important information. What's important to remember about the viable systems model is that the the roles that are instantiated by the various systems, system one, two, three, four, five, uh, they can be instantiated as people, certainly, with definite roles, but they're really just functions within a system. So if you have okay. a, a, a small business where the owner-operator is out there doing landscaping with all of the other workers all day, he's operating as a System 5, but he's also operating as a System 1. And he might also be operating as a System 2 if he's naturally coordinating between System 1s, or a System 3 if he's reflexively, you know, um, kind of uh, moderating the workflow of all of the various on the ground labor things that are happening. But like, um, so, so what we, what's important here is that like you could apply the viable systems model just as easily to a totally flat anarchist organization. You just have to locate where in that organization they're doing things like system five roles, such as developing an identity or system four roles, such as looking forward and trying to make technical advancements towards whatever their future goals might be, or system one roles, just as doing the normal productive activities of the organization, as you could also apply it to a capitalist firm. And that was a big misconception that a lot of people got about this, because particularly in the capitalist world with 
beer working with Allende, uh, the, the kind of reception to these ideas was he's going to create a big Marxist brain and it's going to tell us all what to do. And that's, <laughs> that is so not, not the point of this. Uh, and that's why like his use of the central nervous system as an example is like really, really instructive. Cause you think like, is the pre the prefrontal cortex, for instance, where we kind of think conscious brain activity and identity and that stuff mostly exists is, would you say that that's in charge of the spine? Not really. <laughs> They're totally interlinked. They 100% rely on each other. And if, you know, if the prefrontal cortex isn't getting the signals that it needs from the occipital lobe or the spine or the, the extremities or whatever, then you have major problems. The whole system breaks down. So it, it, it's, it's a, it's an interesting decouple. He's not just trying to decouple management in like the, the firm from being like a technical discipline decoupled from a, a power situation, but he also wants you to think about hierarchy in general as being something that can be wielded in a lot of different ways and even just arranged or, or made diffuse in a lot of different ways. Cause he's really, really big on distributed decision-making where, you know, yes, you have people at the top who might have like final say on this or that particular issue within a given system of decision within the viable system model. But you're not in most cases that are not emergencies. You're not going to have someone at the top slamming a big red button that says, make more coats out of linen. <laughs> <laughs> True. So it, there's an interesting reflexivity that happens here. And I wouldn't go so far as to say that it solves the anarchist critique of hierarchy, but I would say that it adds an extremely interesting wrinkle to it. And the only anarchist I can think of who's really properly addressed it it was Malatesta when he said anarchists who are not capable of organizing themselves, I would say are not yet very good anarchists. That's a very, <laughs> that's a very Berean kind of point uh, in no, some I, senses. It's interesting. Uh, it's just, so I get the distinction where we're talking about a structural analysis rather than an individualized one where mm -hmm. it's not so much that the CEO is system five. It is that his function in the system is performing the role of system five. Right. He's a critical like, contributor to the system five function of the system. But you will have other like within his cabinet. Those people are also informing the system five role, although they might be primarily performing system three or four roles, depending yeah, I just it's the only thing that it, that it still I still have a bit of confusion on is is that it's like so therefore even if you have a horizontally organized mm -hmm. enterprise it can still absolutely be fulfilling the different systems because even though they're organized their relations of production are horizontal mm -hmm. and you don't have the individual members of this collective acting in specific discrete roles on these right. different hierarchical systems that though then question leads me to question does it still continue to make sense to separate those roles into those same five systems in the same way beer has chosen to do so because while they were reflective of reality under a hierarchical business organization and while of course you can certainly apply that model mm -hmm. to a horizontal structure is it the most reflective of reality if those 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 functions that it is modeling are not as separate and discrete 
as breaking them into the separate systems would lead you to believe, well, but they're actually all kind of intermingled at once. Well, it's interesting because the VSM is a diagnostic tool. So it's meant to be primarily extracted from observations about existing viable systems like nations, organisms, uh, societies, you know, workplaces, whatever, what have you, things that have functioned for a long time and appear to be continuing to function. But it's also like not totally inflexible. I think Beer did warn often against modifying it for the most part because he was like, most people who modify it are doing so because they don't understand why it's arranged this way. And so they're doing it for the wrong reasons. But then when he was working in Chile, they did add an extra layer of recursion near the top of the national economy. For instance, they, they broke up the types of industry that they would be regulating into light industry, heavy industry service. And I believe there was another one and they called those the four logistics, maybe. Yeah. Something like that. And they were, those were the four Ramas of industry. And beer even says like those constitute an extra layer of recursion, but not an unjustified one because it was based on the observable fact that those industries are qualitatively different from one another in the way that they function. And in the way that like, for instance, materials need to be assembled where you have service which is relatively a a consistent throughput machine of materials and labor compared to something like heavy industry where you have to have everything coordinated well beforehand and make sure that materials and labor are arriving on time i feel like i'm getting a good amount of this but i'm really excited to learn what the different systems are (laughs) yeah it's it's gonna make it a lot clearer when we get there Unidos en la lucha y el trabajo irá. 